0: What happens is whenever I'm asking that one question, I know if the candidate is a good candidate or not. Because uh, most candidates who don't fit a role, they would keep it keep the answers very short. You need to actually understand the interviewer well. Whenever you are uh, giving an interview, go open your LinkedIn uh, profile, see what kind of a person he is he or she is and then go through their experience see what kind of posts they do that gives you a good understanding of how you how the questions would be some of the most valued employees are always uh, people who are able to gel with the other team as well it's not about just say for example a technical person or an engineer it's not just about completing his own work how well you are able to associate with the marketing team or the product team or the design team how good a team player you are and how well you can mentor as you grow. A Sankarshan Joshi trip.
1: Attention, all hiring managers, entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs. Are you tired of shifting through endless resumes that you get and scheduling interviews that never seem to end? Meet Pajama HR. The superhero of recruitment software that's trusted by over 3000 businesses. With Pyjama HR, you can wave goodbye to hiring headaches and hello to your dream team. From sourcing to assessment to scheduling offer rollouts, Pyjama HR takes care of it all. Don't believe me? Try it out for yourself and join the pyjama party. Create your account through our special link that's mentioned in the description box. Or by typing pyjamahr.com slash sankarshanjoshi Joshi. P Y J A M A H R dot com slash S A N K A R S H A N J O S H I. Here comes the rest of the episode. Welcome Suchal. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I know we wanted to do this from a very long time mm-hmm. and we kept pushing dates and now we get to do this finally. So first of all, yeah, thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, I should be thanking you for having me as the guest.
1: (laughs) My pleasure, my pleasure. Uh, So you're here for the first time and I didn't want to miss any of your background. I was just going through what you've done so far with your career and uh, I felt like, you know, it was so overwhelming and I didn't want to miss out (laughs) any points in your achievements. So I thought uh, I'd ask you to do that. So could you do us the honor of introducing yourself and telling the audience, you know, who you are and what is it that you do?
0: Yeah. So, I'm Suchal Bojama. I come from Coorg. I'm sure you know the place. Yes. So, I've had a mixed uh, career path. Uh, I did my uh, bachelors in computers. And then I slowly uh, thought I was a people person and I moved into HR. Now, um, I stayed as a HR for I think uh, about three to four years and then i was introduced to pajama hr which is a hr tech product and i got this wonderful opportunity to you know pick up a uh, marketing here so right now i work as a product marketing manager in pajama hr okay
1: okay so when i uh, heard that you know i'll be talking to you and when i uh, was going through all of your stuff right one thing that excited me to talk to you was that your experience in the field of HR, right, especially yes. because so when I was in college, so I wanted to do a startup and I've okay. seen a lot of people around me who wanted to st- start something for themselves. And uh, there I've observed how important it is to associate yourself with the right people. Yes. And that's on a very low level, right? And then I moved to corporate, and then I saw a lot of people around me and then I realized like how important it is to hire right employees like it's yes. on any level in your life right it's always important to to always think about who you associate yourself with right like even when we're kids, kid our parents tell us you know yeah, always yeah, yeah. make good friends and that also uh, applies to employees right like who you're associating yourself with it, it's like you're making your company friends with this person and we yes. need to make sure that you know this friend isn't toxic <laughs>
0: Yes, yes. I think HR plays a very crucial uh, role in laying foundation to any company. They actually act as a bridge between the management and And the employees Hmm. and employees always need that uh, person in between uh, to whom they can talk without, you know, uh, having any constraints because no one feels very comfortable going directly to the boss. They obviously have a lot of questions, a lot of uh, concerns about their managers, about the culture, anything like that. And Hmm. they need this one person who they can, you know, always go up to and talk. Hmm. And similarly with the management. Uh, now, if management directly starts talking to the employees, it's very difficult. Uh, especially when it comes to, say, salary negotiations, or um sometime they want to uh, ask them to, you know, put in some extras. All this becomes very difficult hmm. if if you're having a direct, uh, you know, association with the boss. Yeah. So that's why you need this middle person, more like a good cop, uh, bad cop sort of a thing. So you need this middle person who's a HR who is probably acting like a uh, bridge
1: between the two. Yeah. Also, it's very important to, uh, as we were talking about earlier, and as you also mentioned that who we associate ourselves with, like who we hire. So, in terms of startup, we're just associating, right? We're not technically hiring them as an employee in case if you want to make them a stakeholder or we want to give them a part of the company. But basically, we are associating them with ourselves. And also, if you go to the corporate, when they're hiring, they're building a new relationship, right? So, to start with, like, for, for both cases I was just wondering and I'm sure that you know a lot of people uh, who are listening also have this question because in my college we had an incubation so everybody were in this rush of building startups you know and, and 90% of them failed because they had associated themselves with someone who probably had a different vision for the company on a professional level on a personal level who are not who are very, you know, they could be egotistic or very narcissistic, or like their agenda of associating with you might be different, right? So, on a base level, what is it that you should look for? Like when you are associating yourself or hiring an employee, uh, so.
0: I think one, um, just if I have to give an example of what we do in pajama HR itself, we take our culture fit rounds very uh, seriously. So uh, while the HR initially talks to the candidate before uh, any process starts, then we have the technical rounds and all of that. And before we make an offer, we have a good 60-minute culture fit round where we try to understand how aligned they are with our existing uh, employees. Now, even in the team, we have very different uh, set of uh, individuals. Some people like playing sports, some people like partying, and some people, you know, we're we're a very small team, and everyone's sort of similar. So now, uh, everyone treats each other here as friends. Hmm. Now, if I'm hiring for Pajama HR, I will keep this in mind, I would want to know any person who's coming into my company is somewhat uh, similar to the existing uh, employees. Okay. And we always, um, ask behavioral questions. We try to understand what they try to, uh, what they do as hobbies, what, how they spend their weekends, uh, what excites them, uh, what kind of books they read, all of these different things. Do they smoke? Do they drink? What they like doing, basically. Mm. And this helps us actually, uh, lay a good foundation to the team. Now we are about 35 people and we've never had an instance where i think we we had to be like oh this employee stands out everyone seems to like each other we all uh work as a family and this was something that i initiated initially uh i think i joined the company somewhere in 2018 Hmm. so we've done this ever since and that has helped us a lot in laying a good foundation to it and this is something i actually picked up uh In my previous company, uh, where I was doing a lot of college placements. Okay. So that is when I realized that you find the similar set of people, train them towards a similar Mm -hmm. culture. And that team that grows with you is stronger than, you know, not having a very planned team,
1: basically. Okay, okay. So you mentioned that you ask a set of behavioral questions, right? Is it to understand the... The need to to create a personality basically, yeah. right? So, what would those questions be? I was just you know curious. Like uh, we
0: we it, it it actually depends on individuals mm. uh, specifically. Like for instance, uh, very recently I was um, you know talking to a HR, so we were trying to hire a HR, okay. and uh, some of the questions that I was asking was. Basically, what they, well, one of the reasons why she was leaving the company was because she didn't like the team being too friendly with her. Okay. So I asked her what exactly she felt, uh, what she didn't like. She said she likes to just go work for those eight hours and then just go back home. She doesn't want anyone coming up to her and asking any questions around what she does. Or she doesn't want to spend extra time after office, you mm-hmm. know, playing games and all of that. So very casual questions but trying to understand uh, what they're looking at in their own career paths.
1: Okay, okay. You know, so uh, I don't want to name this person because they'll know the company, but uh, so someone that I know, they they recently uh, got a job at a startup and uh, that startup makes around like 20 crores in revenue and it's pretty like good uh, valued company uh, in terms of market cap. I went to their office, I've seen people and I've seen like what sort of actions they do, all of that. I, and and I've also seen like uh, small startups, like smaller than theirs with a very uh, good set of employees, you know, like in terms of quality. So while hiring and then associating, like you also need to set a standard, right? In terms of uh, if they fit this standard only then we do. So some companies, what they do is they select a certain set of colleges and then we hire from only, these colleges, you know, yeah. could be like a top tier colleges, uh, tier one, tier two, whatever they may be. And I was wondering, like, the importance of that. You know, of course, they'd be like good uh, in, in tra- outliers. Yeah, in terms of uh, technicalities, because they are yeah. from yeah. the tier one colleges, and uh, setting a standard is always important, right?
0: I think uh, some companies tend to also do that. Uh, to uh, see especially when you're raising funding and all of that Mm. they want to show a certain uh, kind of students Mm. who are from a good background uh, Mm -hmm. even to their stakeholders and stuff right like investors and Mm. all of that so that is one of the reasons like a lot of companies actually hire from tier one colleges apart from that uh, they are also trained very differently you Mm. need people from different different places to bring in different different ideas Mm. so you need those tier one college uh, students because they come with a very strategic mindset, Hmm. which may not happen in uh, different colleges. Now, uh, only when you get people from different, different places will different, different ideas come in and that's when better good products happen. Even in our uh, company, we have people from IIT and then the normal colleges as well. And it's very surprising. It's it's never true that just because they are from Mm -hmm. tier 1 college, they are giving great ideas. You will see someone else who's from a very normal uh, place also giving something. But Uh, it gets more refined because someone who has been trained in a certain way Mm -hmm. is kind of giving them uh, a boost. Mm -hmm, So that is why you need people from different, uh, you know, culture. uh, That's why diversity is so important.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I 100% agree with this because uh, so currently for my 9 to 5, we collaborate with someone from US and uh, Europe. So, when we see right like what is problem to them might not even be on our like top 20 list of yeah, problems right. so uh, like we are from a third world country yes we're developing but also like our set of problems are very different to their set of problems right so the the cultural aspect like where uh, you need to get people who understand each other's problems mm-hmm. right like in the sense for someone from there To them, like, gender inclusivity. And uh, so that is a problem, right? To us, like, in in, in terms of practically impacting, like, that would be on a, like, in in terms, in in the hierarchy, it would be somewhere at the last, right? So, uh, this diversity part, I 100% agree. So, in in your experience, is there uh, something that's a red flag? Like, when you're hiring someone, uh, like like when you look at someone, right? Te- technically, <laughs> everyone wants to be a right fit, right? E- even though I might technically not be, I like I don't mind like changing few things in myself to to be at a better place, right?
0: Uh very personally, something which is a, a red flag. Now I don't know if it's going to be controversial, but it's basically anyone who's too religious in an interview. Okay. How uh, so? There was an instance uh, uh, where someone was talking about religion and what they do uh, as part of an interview, and those kind of things are very—it's uh, a pure uh, red flag for me because okay. I would never want my team to be very centric towards one religion. Right? Mm. I would want everyone to feel uh, safe, included, and uh, just just a human. Inside hmm. a company, you know, not like I'm a Hindu, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian. It's just everyone's just one. And uh, when you're playing, when you are eating, we we have this practice of eating together every Friday. Like my parents, now when I say it's Friday, when they call me sometime in the evening and I'm like, oh, today's Friday. They know, hmm. they know we always have an activity. And so you, uh, hmm. for us to purely enjoy and um, no one feeling threatened, I think uh, everyone should have this open mindset Hmm. to accept whoever it is, however they are.
1: Okay. So So it's like you already have a bunch of like puppies or like babies in your company. And if you feel like something might be a threat to that (laughs) harmony, like you point that out. out. Uh, Anything else? Uh,
0: Uh, Mostly this, I think. Otherwise, I've never come across something, uh, you know, such a threat during an interview mostly someone who's willing to work uh, we try a lot of logic questions mm. we we see why they are looking for a change uh, these are some of the questions I usually ask uh, how they uh, Take feedbacks. Hmm. Uh, if they had how their relationships around their managers were, if they were criticized, how did they react to it? What okay. were some some of the steps that they took after that? So these are some of the common questions I ask to see. Uh, you know, sometimes in in a meeting it happens that uh, you get slightly heated because someone wants it a certain way. Someone hmm. it, there's nothing personal. It's just everyone has your own ideas and approaches and stuff. And so in that world you know, someone might say something. How do you take those criticisms? Especially happens with designs. You know, design uh, mindset of every individual is very different. So uh, there could be a design feedback in a product which a designer may not like. How does the person take it? Okay. So different questions like this uh, helps me understand if uh, someone's the right fit to a company. I think.
1: Okay. So uh, mostly this is about personality, right? Like this. So. We are keeping skill apart and we're talking just about personality, right? So if anyone who wants to grow in their career, you know, so most of my audience are like most of the people who I, who talk to me or who I talk to, right? They're, they're very at the start of their career and they're very ambitious. Like they want to do like great things. And when you have ambition and you're at the wrong place, that's not a... Yeah good combination right and if you are at a good place but you don't have that personality or ambition then that's also waste so in the sense for what should someone look at you know to self-evaluate to see if their personality would be a best fit for this company and also for any companies you know just in terms of basic like basic level of uh, things that they need to check uh,
0: it's not just personality like you mentioned skill as well Uh, to start from where they start right Mm. like uh, colleges so uh, when I used to do uh, placements one of the main thing that I noticed were students tend to take a job not because they are interested in the role just to get a job Okay. Now that is one of the main reasons half of the people probably after three years, four years in their career, they just don't find it interesting. They then start looking for a different career path. Then they feel depressed about life. They feel that, you know, the peers are doing well. They are not uh, performing well. The whole problem was that you got into something which you were not interested in the first place. So... I think uh, if most of your viewers are someone who's just starting off their career, they should always do something they're passionate about, uh, especially in the world that we are right now social media has improved so much any Mm. passion you take has so much scope it just needs some fighting with your parents to you know let them follow their dreams or just some patience when placements uh, are not happening uh, Mm. at a pace that they are looking for so uh, mostly when I used to interview engineers they'd be like we are not getting companies that we wanted so Mm -hmm. we are trying to get into sales now you've spent four years of your life (laughs) doing all different things now you are getting into sales now he will never he she will never be happy about it right even in the field of HR when I'm uh, interviewing a lot of HRs they are just there because they thought it is easy Mm. and not because they you Mm. know liked talking to people or they like uh, they think about employee engagement or they think of different aspects of uh, HR they just find it as an escape most of them have told me this thing uh, coding is difficult and this is easy. This, <laughs> it's happened in interviews. So I think one, you need to do what you like. And uh, if you're somewhere, uh, you know, two, three years into your career, you need to write your resumes well. Most of okay. them don't land in a good job because their resumes are not reaching the right uh, company. Okay. They don't include what they're working on, the skills that they are supposed to mention in the resume. Uh, they have a lot of decorative items in the resume which does not get uh, passed through a applicant tracking system. So basically, just plan your resumes. It's even said uh, if you have if you're applying for multiple companies, have your resume pl- uh, focus towards each of these companies. Okay. If it means make multiple copy, hmm. make multiple copy and apply. So you need to uh, apply right, basically.
1: Okay. Yeah. Anything else? First, being knowing. Before entering the job, understanding if your likes in uh, are in line with what yeah. you'd be doing. Second would be resume, right? Mm-hmm. So, to el- can you expand a little bit more on the resume part? Because what is right resume? It's
0: yeah. be-
1: very subjective, so, right? So, there
0: are multiple things, okay? So, uh, y- you must have heard of an applicant tracking system, right? Pajama is an applicant tracking hmm. system. Now, uh, most of the companies have started adapting such tools to uh, you know, uh, during their interviews, hmm. because that helps them track candidates yeah. better. Do all the logistics and all of that. Now, uh, in your your job description, say for example, I'm hiring for a graphic designer. Hmm. It'll have certain tools that I need, and uh, what are the basic skills or uh, you know certain criterias. Now, if your resume does not include the similar skills, your even if you are a graphic designer, it will never match. To this particular JD. Okay. So, because it's not matching, the rec- the recruiter will always have your resume somewhere under a low match. And we tend to only talk to the medium and high match for a particular okay. role. So, even while you've got similar experience, we are never opening your resume. Because okay. you never mentioned them in your resume.
1: Okay. So, you're saying in terms of… De- uh, it's like… Uh, a particular keywords keywords, keywords you need to right. have your skill mm. keywords Okay. in your
0: resume so that it matches with the JD and okay. and it is a better match for us otherwise we honestly get a lot of applicants say mm. for example uh, roles like uh, you know machine learning etc I think we get thousands of resumes and no one has okay. that time and everyone wants to close a position as soon as possible yeah, so yeah. we don't have that kind of time to go through each of the resumes mm. we'll all always put in certain filters and whatever comes on the top, we are only talking to them. So that is the main uh, problem, I think. Another is uh, candidates don't, uh, they don't know where they are applying. Sometimes I've noticed whenever we call a candidate, uh, (laughs) they'd be like, oh, which company did I apply? So instead of applying to 20 different companies, choose a company you want to go to. Apply to those companies. Read your job description. Know where you want to go. You have to know what you want to do in your career. Mm. So only apply to those companies. And it's such a turn off when you call them and they are like, okay, which company did I apply? So we feel like there is a lack of interest. Mm. And we don't want to, unless, you know, there's a lot of skill and we see the resume is really great. I don't think any HR would actually call that person back because he... In the first call, showed a lot that's of lack a, of interest. Let's turn off, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: As a company, you feel. Uh- not so important yeah right so
0: you feel especially if it's a startup they they think that they're not treating you right just because you're a startup mm-hmm. now say you're applying to amazon you'll always remember you applied for amazon yeah. right <laughs> so we i think as startups don't want to be treated that way yeah, and we yeah, want to feel important and we want to feel that you want to get into our mm-hmm. company because of whatever we've achieved
1: okay so the best yeah. practice would be maybe in, in whichever field you are, like there would be a certain industry standard terminologies, right? Yeah. Maybe they could use that in their resume. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that So would like
0: I said, uh, whenever you're applying, I think you need to understand what you want to get into. Shortlist companies based on those, uh, your career path And then make your resume suiting those 5-10 companies that you have uh, Mm. applied for. In fact, if you see out of India, people have a concept of cover letters, which never happens in India. So when cover letter itself is a very, uh, you know, it is very company specific. It's Mm. addressed to the HR saying that you're interested in a company's uh, Mm. role. So that is a very good practice because you know that this is the company I'm applying. This is what I want to do in life. Mm. This is where I want to go, so I okay. think that's very important.
1: Okay, you know, I I was also a part of this initiative of a company where uh, we I was also part of this hiring process where I was doing the logistics part, you know, uh, organizing the Excel, adding things there, and then you know organizing interviews. I just wanted to understand how this thing happens, and obviously everyone judge judges a book by its cover, right? And uh, so I am from design background. So our work would mostly be judged. Sorry, our uh, fit. Mm. Are we fit for the company? It's mostly just based on our work, right? There are other fields where it's just pure resume, and then they go to either tests or they give interviews, right? Yes. They don't. Ha- they don't have anything else to show other than their resume at the first stage. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to give a little importance to resume, and then.
0: I, uh, it's actually not just that. I get a lot of design profiles also. So, like you likely uh, rightly said, uh, for a design profile, portfolios hmm. are important, hmm. right? But trust me, we get a lot of resumes with no portfolio attached. You have to ask them. Yeah, we get it with LinkedIn attached, with hmm. nothing. There's just text on LinkedIn. Uh, there's no design hmm. uh, portfolio there. So, that is when I say that, at least 50% of the candidates apply each day with with no intent mm. and that is the reason now we are talking uh, to the wrong candidates the right candidate is waiting uh, then then there's the whole Experience problem and all of that, and you know we usually get a lot of mails asking why we've not received updates on time, and and most of the time it's the similar kind of candidate itself, and there's so much uh you know to and fro that happens because they are not putting in the right uh documents. Hmm. Now if it's a position that I have to co- uh, close in three days, I'm never going to have the patience to actually reach back to you. And ask for your portfolio. Or even in your resume, if you've not... uh, Again, I don't think it's entirely true. It's just resume. Say, for example content writers can attach their uh, mm. write-ups and stuff. For example, even technical positions, they've worked on multiple projects. They may have some projects that is uh, that is towards the uh, company and it's confidential, but they can still put some layout into what they worked uh, mm. and stuff. So uh, any field for that matter, you can still uh, elaborate on what you've been working and that should be good enough.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also... I wouldn't have known this if I didn't work for the initiative, right? It's just the tiny, tiny things that matter. So when you are, uh, a lot of people write their experience in terms of companies, right? From this time to this period, Mm -hmm. I've worked in this company, this period to this period, Mm -hmm. I've worked in this company. They're not very distinctively mentioning it that I have three years experience, I have four years experience. So you'll have to go there and then calculate how many years, right? And that might lead to a tiny bit of human error, right? Like what if they, They read the 2019 and seventeen, and then they just cut two years of your experience.
0: There is, uh, again, this is a problem whenever the company is using an ATS as well. Uh, And another reason why you should be using an ATS. Then these human errors will not happen Hmm. and it will automatically capture based on the dates. But there are so many cases when they are, uh, the resume has a lot of mistakes. Hmm. Like I have had resumes where even their own experience dates are wrong. And mm. we spot it in the interview. So I feel like people should actually put in a lot of effort into having uh, a perfect resume with good formatting, no spelling errors. So many resumes come to us with a lot of spelling errors. I it, It's just a day's work, I would say, to just make one perfect uh, resume. And then you make copies, uh, you mm. know, for whichever role you're applying. Yeah. Yeah. But there are a handful of people who don't put in even that much of an effort into yeah. the resume yeah. and um, again when we are you know looking at different candidates we get a lot of volume and so then uh, such candidates don't even clear their HR round hmm.
1: so it's like we're creating a career uh, like handbook right yeah. here so first we spoke about applying for the right companies where you want to be part of and then we spoke about resumes right mm. and then let's talk about interviews so uh, how do... I think that there might be a lot of people who go to YouTube, look for, like, what's the most asked interview questions? Like, how do I nail an interview? All of that, right? And uh, you know certain questions that are coming your way, like, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Or uh, in your previous work experience, like, what was this, blah, blah, blah. L- like, you know a certain set of questions that already comes, right? So, when you're when you are hiring an employee, or if I if am giving an interview, uh, how should... What are the best practices and what are the best tools that I can have uh, to ace an interview?
0: I think there's no tool as such, but uh, something that I personally, if I'm interviewing, uh, the first question that you said, I tend to ask, uh, you know, tell me about yourself. Now, when I say, tell me about yourself, I'm not looking at hearing, uh, you know, what you do otherwise, right? Mm. Uh, what basically any interviewer wants know is for that question you talk about your professional uh, life but in a very short uh, mm-hmm. you know length basically okay so uh, what happens is whenever i'm asking that one question i know if the candidate is a good candidate or not because uh, most candidates who don't fit a role they would keep it keep the answers very short okay tell me about yourself i'm so and so i did this I, uh, you know, I have total this much year of experience. That's all. I have to keep asking questions to know more about uh, that person. Now, in that, I know that this person is not too, uh, you know, uh, he's not done much. Now, someone who's done a lot in the role or is a perfect uh, match for this role. In that one question, he tries to cover up a lot of uh, things that he's done. Hmm. So I don't have to put in a lot of questions, then I can move into more behavioral questions, logical questions and all of that. So this one, uh, I think that's like the first impression thing. So first impression is always the best impression. So uh, that one question, I think people have to prepare better Hmm. to give that first, uh, you know, uh, impression to the interviewer. Okay. So
1: what's the best uh, practice uh, in terms of uh, to answer the question right? What all things do you think I need to cover when I'm telling about myself? So, a lot of people think that they want to talk about their uh, credentials uh, in terms of career advice. And also, they want to tell that, you know, I'm a very fun-loving person. So...
0: Yeah. So I think again, uh, I would, from my experience, what I've understood it, it depends on individual interviewers as well. Okay, Okay. you need to actually understand Mm -hmm. the interviewer well. So I would say the start of it would be whenever you are uh, giving an interview, Go open your LinkedIn uh, profile, see what kind of a person he is, uh, he or she is, and then go through their experience, see what kind of posts they do. That gives you a good understanding of how you, how the questions would be and how mm-hmm. they would. Uh, y- Another thing I also do is uh, I go through a uh, glass door before giving any. Interview. Sorry? Glass door. Okay. Yeah. So I tend to see what each company, what kind of questions uh, they mm. give and all of that. And then I form it. So if I feel like, uh, okay. the, you know, if I'm someone who has more experience, I would introduce myself and then I would get into uh, what the role uh, requires, like what are my relevant skills and uh, things like that. And that works for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, I also used to use that trick where uh, whoever the interviewer is, yeah. On the mail, you either get their name yeah, or yeah, the yeah. mail ID, something will be there, right? So, I would go to their profile and uh, when you are a designer, you have to uh, talk a little bit about how you see world, like your perspective and things that you admire, all of that, right? So, I would just see what are the things that they like and when I'm talking in the interview, probably talk about, you know, <laughs> like their interests and then, you know, make it seem like, you know, whatever topics that I'm talking, it's in line with their perspective,
0: and I think it's also about not being too prepared for an interview also. Okay, like sometimes yeah. uh, they have been instances <laughs> when we realize, okay, this person's actually Googled a lot of things yeah. and he is giving those <laughs> Google answers. Because we also tend, uh, when we are, uh, you know, forming our own questions, our own behavioral questions and all of that, we also tend to take mm-hmm. help. Now there's chat GPT. We try to get questions and, uh, you know, improve our questions with time and stuff, right? So we know what are the answers out there. So we somehow get an idea, this person's actually Googled a lot mm. and actually come up with an answer which Google has told is right. <laughs> and this is not you. Mm. So somewhere you just have to be you in an interview, mm. and we want to know what you are and not what you you can have this mask initially, mm. but eventually you start working, things will not work. This has happened multiple times. I was talking to a friend, uh she was hiring for a scrum master. The person's interview went really well. Mm. Uh, but when he started working, we realized he's very different from what he okay. was. So, uh, you might crack an interview, but eventually it's not going to work yeah, for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, also, a post-interview, when they get into a company... Uh, other than being good at what you do or what they've hired you to do for other than that uh, what are the other things that would help them create a good face value and then brand value you know if if i am so this is something that uh, a lot of uh, like good people in our company like who have who has a lot of interviews so they talk about branding yourself you know so, even on LinkedIn also, like, how are you branding yourself? Like, when you're talking to people, what sort of impression would you like to leave? Like, it's just the entire, how are, you, how are you branding yourself? So, if that's the question. How, like, do you have any tips and suggestions as in, how would someone create a better brand value for themselves as an employee to the company? And uh, so, other than the skills, yeah, what other I things think, they could uh, do?
0: mostly, uh, if I have to just uh, look at... Uh, our own company, some of the most valued employees are always uh, people who are able to gel with the other team as well. It's not about just say, for example, a technical person or an engineer. It's not just about completing his own work, how well you are able to associate with the marketing team or the product team or the design team, how good a team player you are, and how well you can mentor as you grow. Mm. So it's not so we've had people in the company who started as a normal uh, employee but later grew to becoming team leaders they now uh, share their insights all of this matter you need to not just see your own mm. growth but you need to be someone f- uh, through who someone else can grow and that is very important yeah. and that Kind of an employee is always appreciated who not just grows, grow, uh, helps people around them grow, and with that, the company also grows. Yeah. 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 So I think that is important
1: yeah yeah also I think this introvert extrovert question right like some people they for them, it just naturally comes some people they have to put effort, I think regardless of if you are an introvert or an extrovert, it doesn't matter, but these are the things that you should do, right like yeah. regardless,
0: I think even introverts uh if suppose they are comfortable in their own group now, even mm. if you see normally yeah. also you might have some friend who may not talk outside a group Mm. but within that group he's always full of ideas so even in a team it's fine initially you're taking some time but once you get to know the team you need to somehow be comfortable around your Mm. own team now uh, again if you're not going to open up it's going to be very difficult you're not going to make friends in office and having friends in office is also a good thing because you know I keep telling I I might not be meeting my best friend as much as I'm meeting my colleagues Mm. so you need to have that mindset that okay we are friends we are, yeah. we are in this together yeah. so even if you're an introvert i think uh, just normally being uh, just taking part in the different activities that happen sharing right. ideas and giving in your own suggestions all this is important for both the team and for himself
1: right right also uh, being too friendly is also yeah. a red flag yeah. right i've seen a lot of uh, uh, In the past, I've seen where my teammates in the first two or three interactions are talking about their breakup. And I'm like, why are we even having this conversation? Like any conversation that we have, it should be a value add to me and that should be a value add to you, right? Like what is like this makes no sense also how you resolve a conflict is also very important right like you can't be uh so you can't fight like how you fight with your sibling or your friends right like you have to be very professional about that like i've had uh of course you're gonna have like uh, two different ideas and you don't agree with each other often when you're in a team but you need to figure out a way where you use words that are very uh professional and also they convey In good faith, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. All starts with a good culture fit itself. So, if you are uh, hiring people who are similar, uh, who have similar values, similar mindset. It is very rare that you would have instances like hmm. this because, uh, again, that's where HR comes in anyways. So you need to build a culture where you're friendly, but when needed, you are stern and you're hmm. able to tell the same friend what is good or yeah. bad in a thing. So even if, for instance, I I tend to always have, I told you, right? So I always have this attitude, colleagues are friends. But I think I've never had an, problem it could be my office bestie but i've never had a problem being stern and being like you're wrong in this you better get this done or you're not leaving i don't think i have ever had a problem switching mm-hmm. you know from being this nice friendly person yeah. to someone who is a strict manager yeah so that is important making yes. friends is good but that shouldn't be your yeah. uh you know drawback
1: yeah i think that's so very very important important point because some people are very agreeable in nature like they're very uh, easy going and they can't state their ideas, very firmly, you know, they feel guilty, like what if the other person gets hurt, like there's a lot of conscience that way, right? E- even though you are not that type of person, you need to work on yourself to somehow make yourself do that, right? Like that's a necessary thing that you have to sometimes. That's
0: just growing in work, I think. So mm. when, once you get into a team lead, manager sort of a position, you need to somehow build that, uh, you know, uh, in you, to mm-hmm. actually be stern when you have to get some yeah. uh, thing done, there could be some product deadline. You need your people to work, so y- it just comes very naturally as you grow. In uh, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 that's true. Also, uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch upon during the interview, right? Uh, I I've, I've received a, a feedback which I thought is a good one to talk about in an interview. I just wanted to. Uh, Wanted your thoughts on it, you know. Uh, they, one of my manager uh, at work, he told me that anything that you're talking about in interview, right, talk about it as a story. Like, you're telling a story. Yeah. Like, even when you're talking about yourself, say as many stories as possible or, like, present the entire thing as a story, you know. So, what are your thoughts on that?
0: So, even uh, when I say I ask, I told you I ask a lot of questions about, uh, if they've had a conflict in your thing. So, I'm not going to judge. There could be some situation that led you hmm. uh, to it, right? But some background story into mm. what exactly happened. And, okay, not completely into it, but just an overall, uh, you know, overview of what happened and how you tackled. Basically, what we want to know is if a similar instance happened uh, in our company, how would you resolve it? And anytime hmm. when you put your own real experience to it, it lasts adds a lot of value because i could simply be saying oh uh okay probably recording seems fun but i'll never know how it is but until i start doing it right mm-hmm. so any example of a real case uh incident that's happened is always good it adds a lot of value to whatever you're seeing Hmm. So, uh, yes, I, I would actually agree that during your interviews, if you can tell, uh, you know, talk about a problem and then talk about what you did, hmm. that will help the, uh you know, interviewer feel connected and feel that, okay, this is something that she's already experienced. Hmm. And that adds a lot of value.
1: Yeah. yeah. And also, now I'd like to segue to from employee to a company. And while segueing, I want to talk about employee in how long do you think they need to change companies? Uh, Sorry, how often is uh, not a red flag. So one thing that I've realized is the longer you stay in a place and you're not you don't feel like you are progressing and uh, switching companies actually helped a lot of people. Because they, uh, while switching, you need to challenge yourself a lot, right? Like you need to update your resume. You need to do all the mm-hmm. things that would um, probably focus on your career more. Maybe that's the reason. Or this company is not valuing the employee enough to like, uh, like to keep them. You know, probably give some intense in- incentives, all of that. So, uh, I think in it, this is my opinion. I I will change that if you feel like that's wrong. So, two years two to three years, I think that you can change a company. Like, you need to change the company. Like, I've put that as a need because... I'm getting too comfortable in this company.
0: Yeah, I think the right time, it it cannot be defined with your, but it's basically your growth. Hmm. You should be changing a company the moment your growth becomes very stagnant.
1: Okay. So
0: it should always be, um, you know, how much you're learning, how Hmm. much opportunities you're getting within the company to learn something new and implement something new. Hmm. So if both of this is going you know, in a straight line, then that's the time you should be uh, moving. Now, I've been here for four and a half years. Now, i have uh, in pajama HR. But every day, I'm learning something new. Uh, one good thing, I got this opportunity to move into marketing. Now, marketing, there's so much uh, to explore. And every day, there's some new idea that comes out. And I've, in my four and a half years... And I've never come to that point where I'd be like, oh, Mm. this is all. I think I should move. Because the learning curve has been that good. Mm. So it, it is not how many years, but how uh, yeah. good a learning curve you're having in the company. Now, there are a lot of, even when people, uh, uh, I get resumes with a lot of people switching in a year or a mm-hmm. year half. My question is basically, what was your reason mm-hmm. and how they felt uh, their growth had become stagnant? Because you will realize a lot of people only uh, move to get that instant 30% uh, you know, hike on their salary and all of that, but uh, you can do this for some time, but eventually, you've not picked up a lot of things in the same organization because every company has some time, you take some mm. time to learn it's uh, learn a company and then pick up work and all of that. By the time you're there, if you're leaving, then you've not added any value to the company or to your own profile because mm. you never know you know, that that is where the growth started and you've already uh, left. True, true. So, I think you should always focus on growth Growth. and whenever it goes stagnant, you should move.
1: Point noted. Also, in terms of company standpoint, right, uh, it's always the case for employees, like, oh, I'm not getting a job, like, no one's hiring. But when you see on the company side, they are always in need of (laughs) employees. Like, they always, like, they, they always say, to the hiring people like all of them like hire more like we need more we need yeah. more we need more right so what is it that companies are doing wrong L- like if i want to hire a right employee in your uh, uh, perspective what is it that companies are doing wrong that they could do better to have a better uh, to hire better employees and also retain employees
0: I think uh, now uh, in our uh, case as well now it's not like we need employees only because we are not able to retain sometimes the team is growing hmm. mostly this is a case with startups and all of that right because uh, I think most MNCs usually tend to get people from tier 1 colleges they are sub- hmm. sorted. it's more like a seasoned thing yeah. but uh, when it comes to startup they hire as they grow now uh, one of the main reasons at least in our case we find it difficult is like I said we uh, We recently hired a, a, you know, customer success uh, manager. He was a low match. Okay. So, luckily, we were so, we had that time in hand to actually go through our low match to find the right candidate. But because, you know, people are not putting the right terms, we are never getting as many applicants which are good. Hmm. Whoever's matching are not there. And whoever could be a good match are not reaching the company because they've not included the right words in their resume. Now, that is one of the challenge. Another is not using tools. Uh, most companies you will hear, they have been uh, uh, using Excel's. Now, the volume is so high, the candidate application volume is so high, that's very difficult to manage it in an Excel. They don't have filters. They will look through a few resumes. They'll just do resume screening and, uh, you know, do the hiring. They don't talk to a lot of people. So this delays uh, the process a lot. Mm. Now, um, yeah, mostly I think it is uh, the volume and not using the right, tools Hmm. which adds up a lot to uh, the delay in interviews. Yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, other than that anything that the employees can as a company standpoint while hiring any uh, what do you think in terms of industry standard in your observation what do you think they're doing wrong?
0: Again like a tool is one thing Hmm. because you need to and another uh, one of the thing is thinking that HR is not needed. I have a lot (laughs) of startups (laughs) where they either directly outsource it or they do it mm. themselves. This is another reason why a lot of companies don't uh, find the right <laughs> candidate until they realize, oh, we needed a HR would. Even if you're outsourcing, you need that one person who is constantly talking even to the recruitment agencies, hmm. telling them this is the right candidate and hmm. all of that. So this also uh, adds to a lot of delay because, uh, again, you are... you you know the founders don't have that kind of time to give enough feedback Mm. then you get someone and then you realize oh this is not the person then again they restart the process so yeah so that brings us to three different reasons I think and three uh, at least two things that companies can implement one always have a HR it always helps you're laying your foundations right you're doing your culture fit right Uh, you are hiring faster and always use tools Mm. use your applicant tracking system uh, software uh, it always helps you uh, to you know talk to the right candidates they are, these days the tools are very advanced uh, they are uh, A- they are all AI powered they help yeah. you uh, match with the right candidate and so, so using and leveraging tools is one of yeah, the
1: things we yeah, should improve yeah. you know i it's interesting you, you came to technology because I was actually going to... My next question was that I was thinking about that. Technology is evolving so rapidly, right? Like, uh, f- from the past couple of, couple of days, I was doing a lot of researches on how AI could help this podcast and also my work, you know? Like, what are the tools? A lot of uh, a- AI tools are coming who are actually yeah. editing videos for you, who's, like, refining your draft. Like, there's so many things that's yeah, happening yeah, in the yeah. space. And also in terms of work... Uh, There are like a lot of AI tools that are coming, right? So, how do you see the technology? uh, How better can we use technology in this aspect? How can companies leverage? uh,
0: uh, I think just taking our own example, I think be it designers, be it marketing, be it HR, engineers everyone's on ChatGPT right now in our company at least now uh we we are not going with a mindset that it'll replace half our employees it's mostly to fasten up things say for example in my own role i use it uh to probably say for example policies earlier what used to happen is these hr policies hr handbooks they are lengthy documents Now, instead of writing something from scratch, going, opening different, different documents, you can simply write a good prompt to ChargeJPT to give you a document, which in turn you can just edit to, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. fit into your own company. Now, there you've saved days of work and days of research. And you can finish this in like half a day or a day. So I think these tools... Uh, at least from how much I've used, I've used Mm -hmm. Midjourney, I've used uh, even for your videos and stuff, uh, weed.io, all of these. So I think uh, these have always helped me, all these tools have always helped me uh, speeden up things. And it, uh, again, so many things, you sometimes don't think in a certain perspective it adds. It's like that, friend who would give you some hint and you can form something around yeah. it right so uh, charge gpt and all these AI tools have helped me that way and even in our uh, HR industry it can be used for uh, simple things so things uh, you know especially employees have a lot of questions say tedious questions or something sometimes in Google there are so many links that it, it is very time consuming and you can simply ask ChatGPT gpt and it will give you those answers and then you can uh, you know add up mm-hmm. add things to it and then convey it. Yeah. So I think uh, it plays a very crucial role and I would say uh, people should start implementing it and the, you will see a lot of change in how you work. Hmm.
1: So what do you, uh, th- this is a very big <laughs> question. So how does the future look to you with this technology? What do you I think th- the future <laughs> of uh, either the process of hiring or like the employee interaction or like talking to them, this entire thing, right from company
0: standpoint. So what do you think the future is going to be like? I think it's very interesting. Uh, most companies have already started implementing a lot of things. Say, for example, even in Pyjama HR, uh, we are currently working on building uh, a, uh, a creation of JD, which is uh, very seamless. Mm. So AI helps us. Uh, initially, we had to, you know, go to the manager, write mm. a good JD, write the responsibility skills, then ensure that, uh, you know, certain keywords are added perfectly now with all these ai implementation within the product be, uh, companies that use our product would be able to generate a jd very effectively and that would uh help them get more candidate applications as well right so all these uh technology i i don't think people should fear technology i feel like it would be interesting and things would uh start getting a lot <laughs> more faster yeah yeah
1: yeah um uh it was lovely having you on the podcast I the conversation was so seamless and I am very glad that we did this uh, th- thank you so much for thank you. Uh, I be thanking
0: you for having me here <laughs>
1: it's my pleasure and the audience pleasure so any last words
0: I think that's all it was a great session with
1: you <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. thank you so much hope to have you back again sometime in the future sure, sure. I love to- A Sunkarshan Joshi Trip